Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. And now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Hello again, everyone. Today, we are focusing on a key strategic opportunity for companies that are aiming for business-to-business market growth, and that's the development of an effective, sustainable data strategy to drive account-based marketing. I'm very pleased to have Marlo Fenney, experienced product marketing leader for several global technology companies, including Cisco, here to help us make sense of all this. Marlo, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Dan. It's great to be with you again. So how were you first exposed to account-based marketing, and what's your journey been like in becoming a passionate advocate for it? So uh, there's quite a few marketing challenges uh, that uh, ABM uh, helps solve, and uh, we'll talk about those first. So basically, number one, um, a lot of content that marketers produce doesn't necessarily get used or consumed uh, and see the light of day. Number two, uh, there's always a challenge to understand how much sellers are engaging uh, both the customer and the content that marketing produces. And number three, uh, clearly there's always room for improvement when it comes to driving up customer engagement. So account-based marketing really is a process for deeply personalizing content and using data to drive a much better customer response a much better seller response, and clearly the pipeline that's associated with um, those activities and engage the customer in new ways as part of that process. So what type of data is most critical in supporting a successful ABM strategy? So there's three main sets of data that are all waypoints on the ABM journey, if you will. And they're obvious, but they need to be mentioned. Number one, the product data. So essentially a very deep mapping of every product that's in your company's portfolio that the customer could possibly consume. Uh, And that's not just, you know, one architecture. Ideally, it's everything because for a true customer-centric ABM approach, you want to be able to put your whole portfolio out there. Secondly, the seller Data. So whether somebody has one account in you know one particular vertical or they have a thousand accounts, all of that mapping needs to be complete, um, as well as the mapping back to those products that each of those customers have that those sellers represent. And then third and most importantly, all of the insights and analytics that you have about those customers, whether it's uh, you know what their key objectives are, um, how many employees they have. Uh, you know, whether or not they have a um, new, you know, CIO or some other inflection point that will create an opportunity for engaging that customer in a new way using the ABM process. And um, there's a whole uh, a whole bunch of that data that uh, you can imagine you could geek out on in another whole session. So with access to all this data related to products, sellers, and customer insights, What type of accountability can marketers drive to make sure that sellers are best engaging customers and producing the right kind of customer response? So ABM is all about driving the right engagement with the right customer by the right seller at the right time. And it's really important to have leading indicators as part of all these programs so that you don't have to wait 
for the entire sales cycle to understand whether or not your ABM programs are working. So these key leading indicators, if you have the right tools, are going to be things like which sellers are engaged in the program and not, and which of their customers they're engaging or not, which content those customers are engaging on or not, and, <clears throat> and then how much more of that whole life cycle of the whole ABM process those customers can, can go down. So essentially, you want to build out the seller and the customer journey together as one. Uh, a lot of, um, especially larger companies, tend to be a little bit siloed and they build those separately. And that's kind of why I mentioned the product, seller, and customer data all have to be integrated into one journey where you can take all of those leading indicators about both customers and sellers and tie them all together into a process that you can watch very carefully. And sales leadership in particular really appreciates that because it gives them another level of accountability uh, for salespeople, not just marketing people. Any other tips in terms of how to best analyze and make sense of all this volume of data so that uh, sellers and the sales process are really being optimized? So there's a bit of disagreement typically between what marketing people and what salespeople think is actionable insights. And um, marketing people produce, produce content and, and, you know, so the data sheets and the presentations are their babies. And so they get excited about when, you know, somebody consumes that content. And that's important, but it's only one small piece of the puzzle. There needs to be a whole end-to-end process that says this is the other pieces of the content or other inflection points, if you will, at that organization that are important. So, for example, there are ways that you can actually understand whether or not a customer is consuming not just your content and introduced interested in your uh, product, but also potentially competitive products. And so you can do things like prevent competitive incursions in your install base by using the right data sets. So there's quite a bit of um, ways to use that data. And again, that's another whole topic that we're happy to geek out on if uh, you want to make time. You know, you mentioned that natural tension that often exists between sales and marketing teams, and it's a healthy tension. And you and I have both worked in large organizations where where it exists in a healthy way. But to some extent, account-based marketing becomes a catalyst to help drive an even better relationship between sales and marketing, doesn't it? Yeah, amen. There's an interface, if you will, between sales and marketing that you build when you build account-based marketing programs that that isn't typically there. And it really does drive a new level of relationship. What it really does is by taking those data points and tying them together the way we talked about earlier, it helps you clearly establish aligned goals between sales and marketing, which may not have previously existed. So um, the other thing is when you get to see in real time whether or not the salespeople are engaging and the customers are engaging, and everybody has visibility into that, into that, the leadership on the sales side and the marketing side, it really does create more of a sense of shared purpose in the joint success of the program. And so it's not marketing pushing or sales pulling. It's really kind of the, the best of both worlds. That sounds great. And what kind of results have you seen from companies that have successfully executed on an account-based marketing strategy? So the key indicators that we've used for programs that I've designed really have three main um, components, reach, engagement, and pipeline. And reach can be obviously both the sellers as well as the customers. So how many, uh, what percentage of the folks that you've introduced the program to are actually using that? 
Um, engagement, meaning once you've created, uh, you've used all this data, you've created a data set that is actionable for those sellers and you've created content that enables those sellers to go out and do something with those customers, then you want to see how many of those sellers are engaging that content and obviously how many of those customers are engaging that content. And then clearly pipeline, meaning, you know, how much incremental pipeline has been generated. And uh, for Cisco, for example, the recent programs that I was driving there, we had about 4,000 sellers engaged with about 10,000 customers that drove $2 billion or so dollars uh, in incremental pipeline. So essentially, we were able to say beyond the traditional sort of marketing engagement, the specific programs that we did that helped these sellers engage those customers drove another $2 billion in uh, higher pipeline. And um, the other thing we saw is that customer engagement skyrocketed. So we went from an industry average of, you know, one to two percent, maybe five percent on a good day, to forty percent, based upon that deep personalization that ABM and those important inflection points that you have at your fingertips to engage those customers can drive. Wow, you really mentioned some high popping numbers there, and of course, uh, as you execute. There's a constant learning curve, right? Uh, and there's an assessment, and then it feeds into continuous improvement. Yeah, that's a really great point that you're making, Dan. That's one of the reasons why those leading indicators in the program need to happen. And we help solve what I call the week 10 problem for a lot of the sales leadership. So rather than waiting until well into the quarter to figure out where their pipeline is coming from, if you have the right KPIs on the front end, those leading indicators in place, you can see right away who's engaging or not and take the appropriate action to go sort of, you know, remind, go, whatever you want to call it, those sellers and potentially those customers to, to go engage accordingly. And uh, that's part of the overall process of continuing improvement that you mentioned. And then you also have to be pretty brutal about, you're talking about very deeply personalized content. You need to be flexible and do a lot of A-B testing on that content to make sure that you're really, um, you know, maximizing the value to the customer and how you engage them. So as we start wrapping up our discussion, Marlo, what advice would you give to someone who wants to use a data-driven account-based marketing approach for their business? So I would say, first of all, don't be too locked into what you've done in the past. ABM, when we started on this journey a long time ago, required rethinking quite a bit. And everybody talks about being very customer-centric. You need to really zero in on being not just customer centric and trying to put yourself in their shoes, but get more data that will help you understand a lot more about that customer than you ever had before and really build that linkage, that alignment between what the sellers are doing and what the customers are doing in a way that brings that to together um, in new ways. So you really have to sort of flip the traditional sort of product marketing focus to extraordinarily customer centric and build the whole thing from, from that end um, in mind. And there's uh, quite a bit that you can do to, to sort of thread together um, all those data points that we mentioned briefly into a successful journey. But it really does take all three of those main types of data that I told you about to drive all of that. And if you're only looking at one of those, if you're just focused on the customer data or just on the seller or just on the product, you, you won't be successful. You have to tie all those together in a really meaningful way to um, really get the results that you need. Well, Marlo, great examples and information today. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here, Dan, and really appreciate uh, the time. As always, great to chat with you, my friend. 
And for our audience, remember to check marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. We'll talk to you next time.